Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Thursday, a thirsty Thursday for you and me in North America. The Mothership reconnects. Welcome to this four-hour intergalactic swag party. Live from the CBS Sports Radio studios in New York City, heard nationwide on affiliates and north of the border, the free Odyssey app, the CBS Sports app, Sirius XM, Sports Channel 158. From Anchorage to Atlanta, from Berkeley to Evanston, Kalamazoo and Waterloo, we are on the air. Hey, listening, D.A., everything we saying, D.A., everything. We've almost done it. Another long week without the leader is just about four-fifths done. It's Thursday. It's a thirsty Thursday. It's me, Andrew Bogish, once again in for Damon Amendolaro, who has one more day sitting in for Jim Rome here on CBS Sports Radio and the CBS Sports Network. We have once again spun the wheel of update anchors. And we will finish this week with a two-day stand from the one and only Peter Schwartz. And as I say those words and say that name, I get an unconfident head shake from <sighs> Pete the Body Bilotti, who remains, as he should be, and probably ever, forever will be, on the wheels of steel. To Thank his you. right is Ryan Botcher, who is getting rave reviews as the producer of this show this week, as well as the guest of Side B of the PGP. As I said to Ryan as we began taping, this will be our first extended personal conversation and everyone's going to get to hear it. And lo and behold, what do we find out? We grew up like 10 minutes apart. Now also many, many years apart. Uh, Ryan was born in 2001 when I was already 21, about to finish college. I already met my wife at that point. Um, So we were in the same area, kind of. But it was a great chat with Ryan after a great week of shows so far with Ryan uh, I assume, since nobody has sent any angry tweets yet, that the PGP lives in all the places it is supposed to live. Let's hope. All your different podcast homes and places and whatnot. So it's there for you. Also, snippets of this show from the first three shows of the week in all those usual places as well. What do we have for you today on top of another Peter Schwartz shift? Well, we've uh, got... I'm sorry? Uh, we've got Ron Rivera still talking about Eric Bieniemy's coaching style. We'll talk conference expansion, realignment with Brett McMurphy of the Action Network. Uh, We did it. It took four days. It took multiple phone calls and emails and voicemails and text messages, but we did it. We got a soccer guest. Lisa Carlin, CBS Sports, is on the show, hour four. I don't care that it's Thursday and this happens Sunday morning. The World Cup continues. 
U.S. Women's National Team conversation continues. Lisa's on the show. Excited for that in our number four. Uh, Pete either loves or hates Hard Knocks episode one. Sit tight for that. We have some house cleaning, an issue developed yesterday on the station that we cannot discuss with our old friend whose name we don't remember anymore. We call them one thing. They call them another. It gets confusing. Um, But maybe once again, they're trying to steal our magic, steal our genius. We get to the bottom of this the best we can before we're done at 10 Eastern this morning. I can't wait to talk about that. And, of course, it's a thirsty Thursday, so get those booskies out. Tell us who you are toasting at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. On Twitter, at CBS Sports Radio, at Andrew Bogish, at Pete the Body, at Ryan Botcher 4, and at Schwartz Sports. What's with the four? There's there's actually one, there's three, 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 I believe, yeah. Yeah, there's three others. Three others? How yeah. about that? I think when I made my uh, Odyssey one just to get articles, there's 11 now. So there's 11 of us. 11 Ryan Botchers. Are you all in the same family or something? Uh, hope not. No. Long lost cousins. <laughs> but here's the good news, Pete. There's four. There's 11. There's 100. You got the best one. You found the best one. Yes, I did. We have the best Ryan Botcher that we know of. I mean, it's I, I guess it's possible, Pete, there's a better one out there. Or maybe Ryan Botcher 2 might be better. Who knows? That's for next year. Right. That'll be a bit in 2024. <laughs> we'll just start interviewing other Ryan Botchers to confirm whether we have the best one or not. We need to set up some long-term storylines. Uh, we begin this morning in Evanston, Illinois, where Northwestern staff members, some of them, made a poor choice for yesterday's practice ensemble. And then acting head coach David Braun, a poor choice of words in defending or choosing not to address said shirts. It is where we begin it's your cold open. It certainly isn't my business to, to censor censor anyone's free speech. You mentioned you have a level of understanding how many people have been affected by what happened here. And wearing those shirts, to, I, to many, seems a little tone deaf. Again, you know, all my energy and intention is going in to make sure that this staff and these players uh, feel like they have a head coach that's uh, got their best interests at the forefront of his mind and that we're structuring practice and meetings and support to ensure that. Um, Again, I, I have not put any of that energy into considering uh, the potential of uh, censoring someone's free speech. Uh, there's a lot of emotional energy and a lot of emotions that are going on. And it's, it's at the end of the day, I'm responsible for the 103 young men in that locker room and making sure that their well-being is at the forefront of my mind. Athletic Director Derek Gregg releasing this statement, reading in part, neither I nor the university was aware that they owned or would wear these shirts today. The shirts are inappropriate, offensive, and tone deaf. Let me be crystal clear, hazing has no place at Northwestern, and we are committed to do whatever is necessary to address hazing-related issues. I don't believe it! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending... It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. All right, so let's begin with the shirts. The shirts in question that a handful of staff members wore on the practice field yesterday said cats against the world or cats against everybody. Cats against the world. That was right the first time. And it had Pat Fitzgerald's name and number on it. The former head coach fired amid the hazing scene. The, stu- the school is just really beginning to handle and process. More lawsuits are filed almost every single day. We learn more details. We get confirmation of other details. Something happened. I and mean, that's indisputable at this point. 
that something in the last decade plus, things happened at Northwestern, things that should not have happened, how bad they were, who knew and ignored it, who didn't know and should have known. Those are the questions that we are trying to figure out and also maybe don't have final answers to all of them. It's a very complicated situation. It goes back years. So many people are involved. There's a lot to weed through. But the bottom line is things happened. Bad things happened. Inappropriate things happened. Things that should not have happened. Things that affected people in ways they should not have to deal with. That's indisputable now. One person has lost his job. My assumption is others will lose their job after this season. David Braun, because Papachero lost his job, is the acting head coach. And he was the first voice you heard there. And let's begin with the simple statement of fact that he, like many of you out there, don't understand what freedom of speech is. And not to sound like too much of whatever, but it's annoying that we're still having this conversation in 2023 because this is, I don't know, item number 604,000 that people have cited free speech over that it does not apply to free speech. Free speech is not applicable to a t-shirt that you wear to a football practice. Free speech involves you not going to jail because of the t-shirt you wore at football practice. It does not let you say without recourse without any repercussions anything you want verbally on a post on a t-shirt that's not how this works it's not a free-for-all and i would really expect better from david braun i don't expect him to come down hard on people inside his locker room i'm not surprised he was defending people i just thought i could have expected a better defense one we still would have torn apart but one that showed a little better grasp of facts and reality because that's not censoring anybody's free speech by going, dude, that's a dumb shirt, go back inside. Because we all know, had somebody walked out with a shirt that said, Fitz sucked, he should have been fired, those those people would have been turned right back around and those shirts would have been burned in a trash can behind the practice facility. There would have been no hesitation to censor that free speech. So give me a break, David Brom. I understand the frustration for those within the program, especially people who had nothing to do with this. If you arrived after all of this happened, if you're a player and you show up, this is not on you. I understand being angry that at least this season's compromised. You only have X amount of years to play or coach college football. I get the frustration in that. So, you know, in a very loose use of the term, like there are victims so to speak on the football team right now guys that had nothing to do with this that bear no responsibility that weren't on campus employed at the time like David Braun when things went down that are taking shrapnel from other people being terrible at their jobs and overseeing the program apparently so I get the frustration of that group of people but they're not the most important people in this conversation they don't get to wear snarky t-shirts I also understand the confusion of learning something bad about somebody that you know well and respect and like i i know in not to the same extent but i know what that feels like years ago i got to know a a high school coach and i think i can talk about this very generally because it's been a while now no one's gonna not that anybody would care to but no one's gonna connect any dots but covering local sports here in the new york the tri-state area new york new jersey connecticut i got to know a coach whose games we did often and he seemed to be a you know tough-ish old school coach, no big deal. But then 
multiple players said it wasn't fun to be on his team, that it was too much, and it was too much, and it seems out of character. It didn't seem like the guy that we knew, me and my partner and our crew who always kind of traveled together. And it was weird to, what do you do? And he had, he lost his job. Like, what do you, obviously your first instinct is to trust the kids who are saying this and give them the benefit of the doubt. But like, this guy was like a pseudo friend. So what do you say? Is it true? Is it real? I, I, so I understand being in that moment now at Northwestern going, that's Coach Fitz didn't do this or didn't do that or whatever. So I, I get all of that. So... I will give them some leeway here to be angry, frustrated, whatever. But to make t-shirts and then wear the t-shirts onto the practice field where you know other people are going to see them with cameras and pictures and video and whatnot is a terrible, terrible decision. And then David Braun, who's one of the people, by the way, who is an outsider. He was new as of January. He has nothing to do with what's going on, which is why he's the acting head coach, because there's no possible tarnish coming to him. Had you promoted a current, a longer tenured staff member, then we find out that he knew something or ignored something, whatever, then now you're moving off a second guy. So David Braun gets this job as fill-in head coach because he's basically clean of the entire hazing scandal. And he came to run the defense. He didn't come to be the head coach in such a strenuous, now high-intensity, much-looked-at, much-debated position. So I'm sure he's got a lot of anger stuff going on. But he's got to be better than that yesterday. That's not the defense. Not the defense of, oh, yeah, we don't do, you know, we don't. I don't censor free speech, man. Guys can do whatever they want, which is nonsense. So thankfully, AD Derek Gregg, came to the rescue, so to speak, although he's a guy that probably should lose his job too since he hired Pat or oversaw Pat Fitzgerald. So if Fitzgerald is guilty of simply just not knowing what's going on in his program, then that's the same guilt that, that Derek Gregg gets. He also hired a baseball coach who they had to get rid of after like 18 months because that dude was a lunatic. So Derek Gregg probably is not the best voice for this, but at least somebody of power said those words you heard at the end of Cold Open calling the T-shirts offensive and tone deaf because they are because they just are again a tiny sliver of understanding for the hard feelings for those inside the football program but they're not the real people that we're concerned about here they're not the folks that need sympathy and they're not the folks that get to turn this into a rallying cry to play out this season while we figure out just how bad the football program and maybe the entire athletics department is at Northwestern 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We're off and rolling on this Thirsty Thursday. Get those toasts, those booskies out. Let us know who you're toasting this week at that phone number, at CBS Sports Radio, at Andrew Bogish on Twitter. When we come back, as usual, it is time for sound check, and we've got a doozy right out of the gate. Meant to use this yesterday, forgot to tell the gang, but it still applies today. And it fits in perfectly with us because it involves bathrooms. It's next, the DA Show, CBS Sports Radio. CBS presents this program in color. 
an educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. And Soundcheck is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancial.group. Wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Pardon me for that. So here we go in Soundcheck. Uh, the future of golf is a little unclear post-merger with Live Golf. PG Tour and Live Golf coming together. Uh, we don't know everything that will be in play once the merger is complete. We don't know what lawmakers might force them to do to satisfy laws and regulations of this type of move. All those things are in place. So there's, it's a murky future. There are plenty of things to figure out. One of the things that John Rahm, one of the best players in the world, would like figured out, uh, Johnny needs more Johns on the course. I can tell you right now, my priorities are a lot lower than what a lot of people would think. If I have to, if I go by request, I know this is gonna sound very stupid, <laughs> but as simple as having a freaking porta potty on every hole, I know it sounds crazy, but I can't choose when I have to go to the bathroom, right? You know, I've told the tour this many times, uh, as simple as that. Um, just simple little things better for the tour, right? Let the man go to the bathroom when he needs to go to the bathroom. When the rest of us play golf, you can just take a walk, find a tree. You got relative privacy, no big deal if there's no actual facility somewhere. But John Rom, PGA Tour golfers, you can't do that. There's fans, there's cameras. You can't do that. You need actual bathrooms. I didn't know this was a problem, but now that I do... I'm on Team Rom here. There's got to be a bathroom at the end of every hole is Pete Shrugs. What's your problem now? Hold it? Oh, yeah, put a, yeah, put a portal potty right at the at the 18th hole. Well, I mean, every most golf courses are like, you know, they're intertwined. So one hole ends and you walk to the next one. So you don't need 18 porta potties. You probably only need nine or 10. I'm sure. And they can be well hidden and then we, we problem solved. I'm sure if he tells a wonderful security guard that I have to go to the bathroom, he can they can take him in a golf cart. Incorrect. And rush him right over because Incorrect. he is a star. Incorrect. He can't just leave his place on the course during a round, even for a three-minute bathroom break. Whoa. Yeah. I'm saying he needs to control his bathroom schedule. If he knows he's golfing at a certain time, go before, and then you plan it out. Right. Don't have the gallon of water. Okay. Yeah, don't drink fluids. So a couple of things here. Sweet young Ryan, who still has all full control of bodily functions. Things change as you get older, young man. Someone should have told you this by now. When you get older... Bathrooms come, bathroom needs come sooner, quicker, more often. Bring a bottle. Uh, he's or a, a diaper. He's a professional athlete. He's about to be out in the sun for three or four hours. He has to drink fluids before he does that to be in tip-top physical shape. So he can't go out there not having had water. So he's got a drink, which is going to lead to having to go number one at least. He's not asking for too much here, guys. Come on. He's got to, if you got to go, you got to go. Put a porta potty, the end of every other hole, and we're done with this. But what do you say about the commentators that that call three-hour football games or three-hour baseball games, and they don't use the bathroom because they have commercial breaks where they can run to the bathroom. They have a two and a half minute break. Maybe they, maybe they don't have the opportunity to do that. Because you know why? The bathroom is right outside their room because people know they're going to need it. Well, and that's John Rom's point. They don't have to run down to the other concourse. 
to pee with the regular people and then go back upstairs. But maybe they should have a, a, a rolling bathroom, one that's on like a cart. That sounds like a porta potty without wheels. Just Where are you going to put the porta potty? Underneath one of the grandstands or around a corner. It just okay. sits there. That's, the, that's the, the beauty of them. You carry them to the place you want to go, and you put them right there, they're done. Imagine a messy porta potty amongst that, uh, that group of fans. No, they're, they're no it's not for fans, it's for players only. Players okay. and officials only. What about the fans it? then? They have their own bathrooms. But John Rom can't get online to go to the bathroom in between the between the fourteenth and fifteenth hole. He should have I, to get online. You, not, guys are not at, right. you guys are out of control right now. It's not right. You're, What's not right? It's not right. The fans should have should have the same luxury as John Rom. Yeah, no, actually the fans have more luxury. You're missing his point. They get to go to the bathroom because the bathroom is right there. He needs help because he's in the middle of playing golf. They're there to watch him play golf. He can't wait on a line then? No. Okay. Have you ever seen golf before? Yes, I have, unfortunately. They don't get to just walk away. You know, I'll be back in five minutes, guys. Hold tight. They got to keep playing. They should. Take a little walk. I take a little not, stroll. I did not expect to get mad over this. I thought this was going to be a pleasant laugh laugh moment. I'm and you guys are here telling laughing. John Rom to hold it. Hold it. Or have an accident. Have Let's an oopsie. Go. Wear a be diaper. A be a man. He's got to go with putt. And, and here's you. I, I'm on your side in previous bathroom conversations. Thank you. Pee where you want. Urinal stall. I don't care about lines. Who's waiting for what. You pee where you want to pee. John Rom's asking for the same accommodations, and you go tough noogies. Yeah. Shame on you. I mean, you could walk back. Come on. Shame on you. You may remember, I think this was last week, DA spoke to the directors of uh, a new batch of documentaries on Netflix under the Untold banner. And I think there are four total new ones being released. One of them is Johnny Manziel. It actually was released now finally this week. DA asked the directors about the Manziel one, and I believe their answer, I'm paraphrasing, was, your guess is as good as mine. We haven't seen that one yet. (laughs) We just oversaw that one. So people now have seen it. Here's one of the stories. This is Johnny Manziel and his agent, Eric Burkhardt, uh, from Untold Johnny Football on Netflix. He calls me, and he's like, EB. How bad? I didn't remember much of the night. You know, I woke up in a hotel room and kind of didn't know how I got there. Dude, I went to a party last night in the hills. Like, man, everyone was there, man. All the rappers, all the actresses. You know, I didn't know going into Indy if I was really going to be able to pass a drug test. He's clean the whole time before that. The only thing I had really been told was, if you drug test at the combine, you're going to go from a first-round pick to maybe undrafted. They're going to drug test you day two here. He's like, EB, I've been watching the NFL combine. I'm coming to the combine. I say, no, you're not. They're, we're not risking this, so we compromise. I call Paul and Michelle. I'm like, okay, you are checking yourself into the hospital, Paul, with like heavy heart so that Johnny can divert and come to the combine for 12 hours so that it doesn't look weird and put him on a plane down to see dad who was in the hospital. I'm so sorry, but we'll reschedule these interviews. That was my strategy. So that's Johnny Manziel trying to figure out how to skip a drug test. And I believe at some point it was, let's have dad fake a heart attack. I think that's the bigger story here. That's a good dad. Uh, is it though? It's it's good for your son, bad morally. I mean, I, there's probably an argument that maybe dad should have done something less drastic, less dramatic. 
to keep his son away from failing important drug tests, like, you know, years prior? I don't know that answer. In the moment, you want to help your kid. But I'm pretty sure faking a medical emergency so he avoids a drug test doesn't fix anything. Like, at that point, maybe he, you let him fail the drug test so he learns his lesson and he deals with the consequences of his actions. That's what I'm thinking. You're missing out on millions of dollars, though. Yeah, that's his fault. Tough love, man. I'm really looking forward to watching that documentary. Well, I'm glad that the people who made it have a chance to watch it now because it is on Netflix. <laughs> If, if you're watching at WatchDA.com or YouTube or even Twitch, uh, you saw, again, the Pete and Andrew show going on. I I don't even know what the clip actually sounded like between Manziel and Eric Burkhart because Pete and I are making jokes about the guest spot last week where they had to double check if they did the Manziel documentary in the middle. Hey, Lou, Lou, do we do that? Is that us too? Oh, anyway, yeah, it is, guys. It's Johnny. It's called Johnny Football. It's about Johnny Manziel. Oh, okay. How, how in-depth does it go? Uh, I'm sure it does. We, you know, we, we got guys that ask good questions. Talks about football. Yeah, a lot of football. A&M, go Aggies, hook them. Nope, nope, wrong Texas school. Oh, all right, okay. All right. Uh, finally, here's our good friend Ross Tucker. Has told many a great story on this program. Bull uh, cannon. But here is... We'll get to that, too. Sit tight. Um, here's Ross on BetQL telling the story of how football stumbled upon the forward pass. Literally, guys were dying. There were deaths, and there were out, outrage. People, there were calls to cancel the sport, but Teddy Roosevelt loved it, and he got together with the presidents of Princeton, Harvard, and Yale, who were like the three best teams back then, and was like, we got to do something here. And they had two ideas, to either widen the field so there was more space or to allow them to throw the ball forward. Because until like 1908, you couldn't throw the ball forward. And Harvard had just poured the concrete on Harvard Stadium, the first concrete stadium in the country. And the Harvard president was like, yo, bro, we, we can't make the field wider. We just poured the concrete. Like We have this stadium. The field can't go wider. So they're like, okay, forward pass. That's when the forward pass was invented because Harvard had the first concrete stadium. For more on this story, we welcome in now the voice of the Harvard Crimson back in 1907, Jody McDonald, who remembers the pouring of said concrete. He was about to retire. <laughs> but I'm going to stay for the forward pass. He was on his way out. It was too gruesome for, for a middle-aged Jody at the turn of the century. I can't do this anymore. Then they introduced the forward pass. Jody stuck to football. And fast forward, I don't know, 116 years later, and he's still going strong. And I love how Harvard president relates to all of us by uh, saying, yo, bro. Yo, bro. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy Rowe, I got a quick question for you. Hey, T. Rowe. Yeah, we're big football fans up here in, uh, in Harvard. Could you maybe not kill the sport? Big thanks. XOXO. LOL. I don't know how Ross got onto that. I knew Teddy Roosevelt was involved in the early stages of vicious, death-defying football. <laughs> But of, co of course Ross knows that, and of course Ross shared it as only Ross could. That's yeah. why he's one of our favorites. I'd rather that documentary than the Manziel. Okay. The oh. guys from Netflix might have done that one, too. They don't know it yet. Right. But that might be under their umbrella. It works. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We'll take credit for that as well. You guys let me know how you, what you think when you, once you watch it.
because we have it yet. 14.3 Jackalone. <laughs> and then Ross says, as Pete referenced, um, nobody, nobody has pushed more product on these airwaves than one Ross Tucker. <laughs> Between the ball cannon and uh, what's the new one now? Why can't it's not my first diary? What is it called? <laughs> like an advertisement for your wife or something? It's no, it's you know you you. You get like a newspaper article headline right. for someone you love. Fake newspaper article. Myfrontpagestory.com. Right. Hey, You're man. welcome again. Exactly. Ross is the best. All right, that's it for sound check. Before we go any further, um, a quick apology from me, and I guess uh, an early booski, not my official one, uh, but a quick toast to the one and only Andrew Kaplan. I believe I hit a nerve yesterday, both on this show and on the PGP, referencing uh, how much stress creating the headlines for these segments puts on me. So I got a text yesterday from Cap saying, you don't need to do it anymore. I'll be fine if it's too much work. And I said, ha, ha, ha. He's like, I'll just have Chad GPT do it. Was he laying in bed when he did that? So I said, said, shut up, Cap. But good idea. Maybe I'll just do that. Cut out my, cut in my laziness. He said, actually, it's, it's actually a strange amount of work to get Chat GPT to do these things. So that wouldn't help your cause. If I offended Cap in any way yesterday by complaining about having a cub on with catchy titles, there's nothing to do with Cap. Those titles are necessary because the stream's amazing because of Cap. Uh, and the last thing I want to do is make Cap feel like he's imposing or uh, whatever the actual word would be what, on me. What are you apologizing to him for? I don't. I don't like when people are upset. I don't. I hope I didn't insult he's him. At or, home to, he's at home all week. It, no, no. I just saw him. Now he didn't say anything to me, which is why it reminded me to apologize. I okay. said, "Hey, Cap," I just kept walking. So I don't. Uh, I don't. Fair. Yeah, I don't want Cap to feel bad to be to think that I'm thinking bad things about him. It's not. It's me. It's lazy. It's uncreative, and. I didn't mention this before all this other stuff yesterday. The goal for me, when I think of these titles for the segments and I send the email out, I'm hoping that I get the ultimate compliment, which is a cap response of, that's a good one. And I got that yesterday with Eric the Enemy instead of Eric B Enemy. And what did I do? I didn't thank Cap on the air, didn't mention it. Instead, I said that the headlines are too stressful for me and I hate doing them. Not a nice person. So well, I'm sorry, Cap. Well, don't worry about today. Your headlines don't aren't great today. They're not. No. I know. I punted on Thursday. <laughs> I'm saving it for tomorrow. We're going to finish strong. Do I like any of them today? I, I Blue collar is not bad. That's a little bit it's of a reference though. to the show, right? Inside Yeah, hey, you're new. You don't get it. All right? Well, I, I, Easy I, I Ryan Botcher get for. You, do you? Yeah, you said hard hat, blue collar. Yeah. If Ryan Botcher too gets it. <laughs> of course he does. Of course he does. Maybe we didn't get the right one, Pete. You know, too far down the list. Uh, it's time for headlines. First batch of the morning. Back to, uh, to close out the week today and tomorrow, right? Yes. Here's Peter Schwartz. Well, Bogues in his Phillies debut last Thursday. Michael Lorenzen picked up the win, giving up two runs and six hits over eight innings. So what would he do for an encore last night in his home debut against the Nationals? Outfield shaded to the opposite field. Against the lefty Smith, the 3-2 pitch. Swing and a high yes. fly ball. Center field coming in is Rojas. He's calling. He has got it. Yeah. Lorenzen leaps into the arms of Real Muto. And the Phillies pile out of the dugout. In front of the mound, they celebrate a no-hitter tonight by Michael Lorenzen in his second start as a Philly. Scott Fransky on Phillies radio. The Phillies beat the Nationals. Seven to nothing. Michael Lorenzen, the 14th no-hitter 
In Philly's history on NBC Sports Philadelphia, Lorenzen said he was frustrated with himself early on. Honestly, I was upset at myself for those first couple of innings. They were long innings, walking guys. And I knew, like, oh, man, I just ruined my chances to go deep in this game. <laughs> and I had a couple quick ones, um, so I just ch kept trying to make them quick. Lorenzen struck out five, walked four, and threw 124 pitches to complete the no-hitter. How is it that I root for a baseball team that has been in existence since 1962 and has one and a half no-hitters? One's a combined no-hitter that kind of counts. The other was a no-hitter, but there was a play that was clearly a hit that was called a foul ball. It was a foul ball. Foul ball. So almost two full no-hitters. The Padres have one and didn't get that until last year. The Phillies are on 14, and the mm -hmm. Astros, we learned last week, are on 16. It just seems unfair. we got to spread those out more. we got to share more. Or more ever, socialism with no-hitters. Have you ever been to one? No, I've been to, uh, I've been to a couple of games that closed with long stretches of no-hits. Yeah. I'm trying to think the I've, longest I've, one I've been at that stayed a no-hitter. I've been to two. I've been the three. I know. One. Which one did you see? Combined. Okay. Which ones have you been at? Santana. Yeah. And I was at Scherzer's against the Mets. Oh, okay. A September special. Yes. And you've been at all three Yankee ones, I was at Jim ones, Abbott. Right? Mm -hmm. I was at uh, Wells, and I was at Cone. All as fans were the last two you working? Uh, I was at two, two working, one as a fan. Okay. Which was the one that people like ran to all was happening at Yankee Stadium? Because there were a lot of guys who were not there. I remember the, there's a bunch of radio guys who I, were doing something else, or it was like cause I, it was a Wednesday afternoon. I think it was the Cone one, and they went like charging no, to the, the stadium. Cone, the Cone one was a Sunday afternoon. It was actually Yogi Berra day, so uh, Don Larson threw out the first pitch to Yogi Berra, mm -hmm. and then he's in the suite watching David Cone yeah. throw a perfect game. And there was a rain delay in that game. Was the David Wells one? That was Beanie Baby Day. Beanie Baby Day. Day. I still yeah. have the Beanie maybe Baby that's the, There was one of the games where I, the, the, like the oh. stringer reporters right. that I know were not at the stadium until it was started to develop into a no-hitter or a perfect game, and they went like charging there to get there by the end. Wasn't the David Wells one in, in like, it was like in May, right? It was May. It was May. a Sunday in May. So that might have been the one. Maybe. Anyway. I think the Jim Abbott one was a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. All right. Enough and I had you. tickets for Doc Goodens and didn't go. Smart. I don't like that one. That's a That's Yankee. Bad taste in my mouth. Leave me alone. <laughs> you got me all choked Sorry, up. Sorry, Jody. That. Now to Arizona where the Dodgers and Diamondbacks were scoreless in the eighth. The two ball, one strike pitch from Nelson. Swung on, base hit right field. Freeman's going to score. They're going to send Smith. Here comes the throw to the plate from Carroll. Smith slides. He's taking a two out, two run single. For David Peralta, and the Dodgers lead it 2-0. That was Tim Neverett on Dodgers Radio. Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 2-0. Elsewhere, Mariners with a five-run eighth beat the Padres 6-1. Yeah, the Angels over the Giants 4-1. Shohei Otani improving to 10-5. The Red Sox beat the Royals 4-3. Mets get by the Cubs 4-3. Pete Alonso hit his 35th home run. Uh, other games, Cardinals over the Rays, 6-4. Yeah, the Tigers over the Twins, 9-5. A 10-inning game, the Brewers beat the Rockies, 7-6. More reaction to the reported suspension of Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown, legendary play-by-play -play announcer Al Michaels, weighing in yesterday during an interview with ESPN's Outside the Lines. Uh, I agree. There should be a suspension here. 
they should suspend the doofus that suspended Kevin Brown. Al Michaels is the goat. I love that. I, doofus is my favorite word. I call my kids doofuses all the time. <laughs> so if Al Michaels is using it, then I'm going to continue using it. I think it's perfectly fine to use it if a legendary voice like Al Michaels uses it. And it's now, so it's this Thursday. This started on Monday. And the Orioles have said nothing still, right? Like just, I just, seen just silence. Supposedly he's coming back tomorrow. Right. But yeah. nothing like our bad Kevin will, not, or even like Kevin will work on Friday. Like not even a one sentence release. They just have completely shut their mouths and have no response to any of this. Zippo. Not nothing. defending themselves, nothing. And you know, when he opens up the telecast tomorrow night, he will say nothing about this. Yeah, not, of course. There's not going to be a word. Nothing. No one's going to bring anything up. No. And I'm here for every snarky comment on TV by other announcers. The, the Cardinals guys yesterday said the Orioles hadn't lost a game yet this year. I mean, I'm, I'm here for it all. Give me all the, like, the North Korea-style PR uh, little snark comments on, on baseball games now. Do it all the time. He is expected to return to the Mass and Orioles booth Tomorrow night when the Orioles play the Mariners in Seattle. Now to football. Former Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs sentenced to three to ten years in prison for a November 2021 drunken driving crash that killed a woman and her dog in Las Vegas. Basketball Knicks reportedly finalizing a four-year $81 million extension with guard Josh Hart. UConn guard Paige Beckers cleared the play. It was a little more than a year ago when the 2020-2021 Women's College Basketball Player of the Year underwent ACL surgery on her left knee. And there you go. Uh, thank you very much, Peter Schwartz. From one Peter to another, uh, Peter Bellotti threw the genius that is Andrew Kaplan. There is apparently an Orioles statement on the Kevin Brown matter. Yeah, yeah. They, they um, apparently put something out too, off, through, too awful announcing saying, we don't comment on personal matters and we look forward to hearing Kevin's voice soon. What a cop-out. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. It fits. It tracks. They suck. It does. They've made a number of terrible decisions like this. And Big this is, black eye the on this season. Do. Black eye on this season. Good times in Baltimore. Great team. I mean, it's, they, are, they are fun to watch. They're going to be good for a long time. Not good news for the rest of the AL East, and this is what we're talking about on going on four days. They could have they ended this. They could have put them mm-hmm. right back on their schedule. They could have said – in even a half apology, and we would have moved on. Instead, we're on day four now of people still being angry about it and going on other baseball games throughout the country and taking shots at them. You know, I said this on my FAN show the other day, but there, Gary Cohen said it. There are 29 other teams that would hire him right now. Yeah, too bad for those guys I, who have jobs for those other teams. I, 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 no, but I, you, you understand what I you understand. <laughs> that was my first thought. Right. Like, okay, I guess I'll pack my bags, well, Gary. Look, look, there's there's guys <laughs> moving around every I year. Know. These jobs don't grow on trees, but I would be if I was Kevin Brown, like not that you want to lose your job, but you almost would rather say to yourself, Is it is it worth dealing with this nonsense? I mean, I'll get a job with another team. Like somewhere down the road here, uh one of these teams is gonna have a broadcast opening. Yeah. He also, I think, has a pretty significant national schedule for ESPN football and basketball, so he could just do that and have to do 140 baseball games for crazy overbearing over-the-top ownership. And deal with that nonsense? He can get a job somewhere else. Uh, speaking of jobs, Miles Jack has a nice NFL career. Didn't have a job until this week. The Steelers cut him back in March. Eagles signed him this week. In between, he considered a career change because he just needed something to do. He'll be next on the DA Show, CBS Sports Radio. UNCBS 
It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, welcome back to the DA Show on this thirsty Thursday. Get those toasts to us at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4CBS, or 212-4227 at CBS Sports Radio, at Andrew Bogus. I get us on Twitter. So I mentioned going to break. Miles Jack, you know the name. Good college player, good, good NFL player. He's made somewhere in the neighborhood of $50 million in theory as an NFL player. And went the entire summer, the entire offseason without a job. Cut by the Steelers in March. Didn't sign with the Eagles until this week. And once he got to Philly, he said that he had considered because he wasn't finding NFL work. And clearly, he doesn't need the money, but he needed to do something. He just couldn't sit at home. So he considered going to like trade school to learn to be an electrician or a plumber. And I, at first glance, I thought that that might have been like, the family job in the Jack family, like my dad's side, were, were plumbers. My dad stopped that, not probably not smartly, um, but they that was what his side of the family did. So I thought maybe that's what the Jack family did. But no, he was just going to go learn from scratch how to be one of those two things because he just couldn't bring himself to sit at home and do nothing, even though he did not need paychecks. But now he's back in the NFL, getting a big, fat paycheck, so no electrician, no plumbing, no you can keep the tools from DeVry, none of that. But it just, it, it brings me back to, if I didn't have to work, I wouldn't work. If I, Pete was talking about this the other day, about because the, what is it, the mega million is like $150 bazillion now. I'd probably finish out, and I can't even say that. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. because Pete has made the schedule through early 2024, so I couldn't say I'd finish out the current I'm, schedule. I'd let you get out of it. <laughs> but I might. maybe I'd get you to Labor Day when everyone's back from vacation, whatever, and then I'm out of here, and then I'm gone. If I didn't have to work, I'm not working. You'd see me every once in a while at a Fordham basketball game. That's how I got out of the house, but if those dried up, no, no problem. I'll find hobbies. I'll work out. I'll learn to play golf. I'll pretend to eat better. I'll take walks. I'll learn to play an, a musical instrument. Build a man cave. But I'm not working. And I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to, you can find jobs where you're insulated. I'm not going to be an electrician or a plumber where I've got to deal with people, deal with potential fires and electrocutions and leaks and clogged toilets, having to go in people's horrible houses to fix things. No chance. And no electric, chance, and, Miles Jack. And the electrocution risk, risk is actually better than the people. Right? I'd rather do that. Give me a little shock than dealing with people every single day with their bathroom problems as a plumber. <laughs> My Lord. I mean, I, again, more power to him. 
great dude, great work ethic, I guess, but it ain't for me. If I had if I had 50 mils or whatever was left over sitting in the bank, you're not seeing me doing anything close to hard actual labor. We're building the Pete Bellotti network, and that's it. Yeah, for fun. <laughs> we'll do a podcast once every six weeks just, just to get the... Get something off my chest. That's right, and it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of vacation. Yeah, sponsored by me. Right. Yeah, that's it. See you guys again. Well, here's your May episode. Thanks for listening. Be a plumber, electrician. He's settling to be a football player. Ah, uh, you know what? I'll just go play for the Eagles. What should I do? Fix pl- <laughs> fix pipes or tackle quarterbacks? I guess I'll do quarterbacks. Not be good friends with Jim- Jimmy Garoppolo, but th- didn't they do a trade? What was the trade? Yeah, they did? The, electricians. electricians. That was Jimmy Garoppolo's dad. Yeah. yeah. The Commanders are still talking about whether Eric Bieniemy is too mean. Apparently today he's not that mean. That's next on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 